Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas to all of you from all of us at Living Loud Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's Sunday morning. It's Christmas morning. What a beautiful day it has become. We have uh, apparently survived our Siberian snowmageddon husky whatever that was mess that came through. I unfortunately have um, succumbed to some sort of bug, the flu bug, the crud bug, whatever you want to call this bug. It has not been any fun for me. I am not a good patient. Rhonda can attest to that quite well. We've managed to get me through some high fever and uh, just feeling like I've been run over by that Siberian Husky truck that came through here. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm on the mend. We're we're doing better. I'm believe it or not, I'm sitting here. It's 25 degrees here in Oklahoma this morning, and uh, I'm I am sitting here in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm sweating. So I hope I'm sweating this mess out of me. Uh, I really don't care to have any more of it in me, and I really don't want to pass it on to anyone else. Rhonda has wandered off to a Sunday morning service at uh, Cimarron Worship Center with our church, and uh, I really was looking forward to that. I've never, I've never done that. We've never gone to church on Christmas morning. Uh, I was looking forward to it. It was just Rhonda and I here at home, and uh, just kind of felt like I didn't need to share my love with anybody this morning. So um, she went by herself, and and I'm going to be here with you, getting this podcast accomplished and trying to catch up a little bit. I've, uh, with being under the weather as I have been. I've missed a few things. I actually missed a day of broadcast. I, that's something I haven't done, but I, I, Thursday, I just simply couldn't do it. I was so sick Thursday that I had to just bypass um, as bad, and I hated it. I thought about it. I fought about it. Uh, Ron and I fought about it, and, and I finally just gave in and couldn't do anything. Um, so and, and then yesterday, I did a, a little early morning um, as I sat drinking my coffee early yesterday morning. God poured something into my heart. So I didn't go back and try to finish our story time yesterday. And I will catch us up on that. I promise you. This morning, though, I want to share with you a Christmas message. Now, this particular message I actually shared with my family last Sunday. Uh, my family, my mom and my stepdad and, and all of my, my my sister and all of her kids and all of my kids and Rhonda and I and and um, we we got together and we with all the grandbabies and the great grandbabies and all that and we had a uh, just a time of, of my family's gathering. Um, it's it's been a long time. It seems how often we fail to get together at times and. Um, I shared a message. My sister had asked me to share a poem or something, and and I did write a new Christmas poem. Um, I actually wrote a couple this morning for Rhonda. Some of you will see those online as well. But I, and I'll share with you the poem that I wrote um, for Christmas. <clears throat> You'll have to forgive me for my little cruds and coughs and stopping to take a, a sniffle or a sip of coffee going on here, but we're going to try to work through this. But anyway, I shared this 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 message called God's Gift with my family last week as we prepared to open presents. We'd had a big Mexican feast and stuffed ourselves on great food and, and had been in great fellowship. And then we sit down to, to celebrate and, and, and by giving of gifts and things for our grandbabies and our kids. And, and in the process of that, I shared this message. And I want to share this with you today. I believe it's a, a powerful message. I hope it impacts you as much as it's impacted me. 
and, and share this with someone else. Uh, I believe it's an awesome message, especially for the day that we are in. I titled this God's Gift. Micah chapter 2, I'm sorry, Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from of ancient times. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah pinpointed the exact location of his birth, the little town of Bethlehem, where David, king of Israel, was born, and he grew up, tending his father's sheep in the surrounding fields. When the wise men came from, the, from Herod, they asked, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. It's in Matthew 2, 2. Prophecy had already made it clear many generations prior that this ruler would be born in Bethlehem out of all the towns that were in Israel. To gain a better understanding of why Bethlehem was chosen as the birthplace of God's only son, we need to go back to Micah chapter 4 verse 8, which specifies that kingship would come out from and former domination would be restored to Jerusalem at the watchtower of the flock. That's an interesting thought. Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock, was where the lambs set aside for temple sacrifices were raised. The flocks in the surrounding fields were vast because there was an estimated population of about 5 million people in that area. So during Passover, the annual celebration of the Hebrew nation's deliverance from captivity in Egypt, one lamb was needed for every household. An estimated 250,000 sheep were needed every year to accommodate the Passover sacrifices and feasts. The, lower, the, the tower of Migdal Eder provided the perfect vantage point from which the shepherds could quite literally watch over their flocks from above. Every firstborn male lamb was considered holy and was set aside for sacrifice in Jerusalem. Sheep herding was a hereditary occupation, and generations of shepherds were trained to care for these special lambs. They literally risked their lives to protect the sheep from predators and to keep them from falling into the many crevices and ravines in the rocky hill country. The newborn lambs would be wrapped tightly, swaddled, in specially designed temple cloth, and they would be laid in a manger to keep them from contained while they were being examined for blemishes. At the appointed time, the shepherds would separate the lambs, selecting only the firstborn males that were without mark or blemish, and would lead them to Jerusalem, where they would be purchased by people wanting to present a sacrifice before the Lord to atone for their sins. Now, when the angel appeared to the shepherds in the field, he told them that they would find the newborn king wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. They knew exactly where he would be found, because swaddling cloth were only used in one particular location and for one particular purpose. Migdal Eder, the place where the sacrificial lambs were wrapped and examined for perfection, before being set apart for the slaughter that would atone for sin and to make peace with God. So 30 years later, the Apostle John pointed out his cousin Jesus and said, Look, the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. You need to pay attention to this. And more than 2,000 years later, Jesus is still taking away the sins of all who accept his sacrifice that makes peace between them and God. So here's the Christmas story. Before time began, there was God. He created the world and everything in it. In his love, God created man in his own image, and he placed him in a beautiful garden. Man disobeyed God's instructions. This disobedience was sin, and it separated man from God. He, he told them that they should sacrifice perfect young, young animals for their sins. These sacrifices did not pay for their sin, but only pointed forward to the ultimate sacrifice that God would one day provide. Someday God would send his son Jesus to this earth to be that ultimate sacrifice for the sins of all people. 4,000 years later in the town of Nazareth, there lived a young woman named Mary. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. One day an angel appeared to Mary and told her she would have a special baby and she should name him Jesus. This baby would not have an earthly father, but would be God's son. After the angel's visit, Joseph and Mary made a long journey to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. When they reached Bethlehem, the city was crowded. They spent the night in the stable because there was no room in the inn. There Jesus was born. Mary wrapped baby Jesus in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger. That same night, on a hill outside the city, shepherds were watching their sheep. An angel appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone round the shepherds. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I have good news that will bring great joy to all people. This night, a Savior has been born. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. Then many angels appeared, glorifying and praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. When the angels had gone away, the shepherds left their sheep and went quickly to Bethlehem. There they found the baby, just as the angel had said they would. After Jesus was born, wise men came from another country to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the baby who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we want to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was not happy. He called together the priests and teachers of the law. They told him that the prophets had said a ruler would be born in Bethlehem. King Herod sent the wise men to Bethlehem to search for this king. As the wise men left Jerusalem, the star led them to the house where they found the baby, Jesus. They fell down and worshipped, giving him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God warned the wise men in a dream that they should not return to wicked King Herod, so they went home a different way. Jesus was God's son. He lived without sin and was perfect in all his ways. At 30 years of age, Jesus began to teach the people about God, his father. He did many miracles, such as giving sight to the blind, healing many people of their diseases, and even raising the dead. Above all, he taught the way to have eternal life in heaven. Then he gave his life as a sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. The Bible says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross as the supreme sacrifice. By his death, the price for all sin has been paid. There is no more need to offer sacrifices for sin. 
This was the fulfillment of God's promise to send the Savior. Although Jesus was killed by wicked men, death had no power over him. After three days, he arose victorious from the grave. During the days following his resurrection, Jesus was seen by many people. Then one day, after blessing his followers, he ascended to heaven. When we choose to believe and surrender our life to Jesus, his blood cleanses us from all our sin. As we accept this gift of salvation, we are reunited with God. Jesus becomes our personal Savior, and we can enjoy the blessing of being his child. Someday Jesus is coming back. He will take all the true believers to heaven. There they will live forever with God. So is there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is really all about? Christmas is really all about you. Jesus was born to us a Savior, for us. So as we celebrate his birth this Christmas season, this Christmas day, I want you to understand that he died for you and I. Had it not been for, for us, God's lost people, Christmas wouldn't even be a celebration because he wouldn't have ever had to send his son. So, so truly, even though we celebrate the birth of his son Jesus, Christmas is all about us. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to us this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That is what Christmas is all about. No matter how many times I read this story, I, 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 can't, I can't go without chills all over me. But you didn't realize that the the following about the manger that Jesus was laid in. You know, of course, mangers are, are animal feeding troughs. We understand that, right? But when you picture a manger, what is it that you see? Most of us picture what we see in the little nativity scene, the little wooden thing that holds some hay. Maybe Jesus was, was bedded on that hay. But actually, in ancient Israel, they were made of stone. Not what you would see in a modern-day nativity scene. Not comfortable but very good for protection. That's why those who were experts in this matter, these priests, would put their newborn lambs in them for protection. But not just any lamb, the unblemished, perfect lamb that were used for the sacrifice for sin. And Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was famous for the unblemished lambs used for sacrifice. These lambs had to be perfect, so they would wrap them tightly in cloth and lie them in that manger to keep them safe. This is exactly why the only time mangers are mentioned in Jesus' birth story, it is being told to those shepherds. It's right there in Luke 2. It says, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, in cloth lying in a manger. The shepherds would have understood this powerful parallel, and they knew what that cloth and that manger meant. This baby would be the perfect Lamb of God, the Messiah who would sacrifice his life for the sins of the whole world. He wasn't just a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes 
lying in a manger, he was God, perfect, sinless, and holy, humbling himself to become the perfect sacrifice to reconcile us back to himself. That is what Christmas is all about, and that is why we celebrate. I'm going to read to you a poem that I wrote uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, I wrote it on the 1st of December. That What is Christmas really all about? This time of year comes in with such a bustling rush. Decorations going up with festive themes and music no one can hush. But in this madness and the hustle of the coming season, is there anyone out there who can tell me just what is the meaning or reason? It seems everyone is caught up in the glamour and bling, while some plan big gatherings with holiday songs they sing. Yet somewhere I feel there is much more to this time of year and its fuss. Is there not more to the meaning that has been lost in all this ruckus? Isn't there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is really all about? That infamous line from a Charlie Brown Christmas he did shout. Loyal and true, the friend with his blanket in tow, said, Sure, I can tell you the story. Someone turned the lights down low. In Luke chapter 2, verse 9 through 14, lays out the moment of truth to behold, the story of how the first to celebrate as Christmas did unfold. And there were in the same country shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them like a bright light. And they were sore afraid, but the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people told. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger to be adored. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, unto him all are praying. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 through 7 foretells the story prophesied so long ago, speaking of Christ's coming long before anyone was in the know. For to us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, through him forgiven. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to this story, and his government shall always increase. Through him and his rule shall flow fountains of wisdom. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom. So in this season that has become so commercialized and the reason forgotten, be quick to remind all why we celebrate and all is not lost or rotten. Jesus' birth is truly the story for which we celebrate this time of year, and though him and his sacrifice we are all have chosen and reason to cheer. Surrender to him, our hearts broken, we repent of our sin, hearts freely given, and his spirit welcomed in. Christmas can be our story of coming home to our own family shown. With Jesus in our hearts and our spirits full, we will never be alone. Merry Christmas from Rhonda and I. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. What a beautiful year this has been. What an incredible time we've had in the Lord. God has poured out so many things to so many people. 
I can't even begin to count the amount of lives that have been touched through his word being flown through these microphone wires and however that happens. God is using this ministry. He's using you uh, as, a, as an avenue, as a conduit to move his message forward. It is exactly like it's described in the Bible. It's, it's not something unique. It's not something extraordinary. It's simply a truth that God put forth that we are all to go into the world and preach the gospel, to, to bring the message of salvation to all who will listen, and to make followers of all people, lead them to Jesus. That's our role, and that's our goal. It always has been. Seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. In this Christmas season, I pray that God shows you exactly what he intended for your life, the blessing that he had made for you, the path that he had for you to follow. And I pray you find yourself right smack in the middle of that path. And if you're not on it, I pray you're uncomfortable as all kinds of get out until you find it. Don't let this season pass without surrendering your life to Christ and allowing him to use you the way he intended. We don't have much time left here. This is our season. This is a time to be excited about being a follower of Christ, that, that we see the chaos of our world. God's placed us here for such a time as this. This is our time to shine. Be a light. Be a city on a hill. Be a light shining into the darkness so that all might see who Jesus is and who their Savior is, and they'll all come to him. Let his Holy Spirit draw all men unto him. Amen. Rhonda and I love you. Thank you so much for your financial support through this year. Uh, we pray if, if we're coming into the close of this year, if you still want to uh, to find a good way to uh, put out a tax-deductible offering, you can do so. We are a 501c3. Uh, we'll gladly accept anything given to us and put it back into the ministry just like we always do. We do not draw a salary from this at this time. Uh, would like to someday, but we do not at this time. It all goes right back out into ministry uh, streams that we have involved in. If you want to bless us in such a in such a way, all of our giving links on our website, www.livinglightoutdoors.com. Address is there. Uh, simple give link, PayPal link. We have Venmo, Cash App. You want to give, we'll figure you out a way to give. I'll come get it if you need me to. But more than anything, thank you. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for following us in this time. And may God bless you richly on this Christmas day as you celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.